Hello, Vineyard. Hello, Vineyard. Welcome to 2.0. episode seven, season two. We're so glad you could join us today to the Hello Vineyard podcast. Uh, in case you haven't been on for a while, uh, the new format of the show is we take in the Vine Press questions. You can log on to hellovineyard.com or keysvineyard.com. Click the Vine Press link. You can submit your questions to Pastor Steve, and he'll answer them on the podcast. He's also opening it up to any sort of question. And if he deems it worthy of an answer, he'll answer it. <laughs> okay. Because, yeah. yeah, obviously we won't discuss everything on this no. But podcast. I also opened it up, you know, I'm encouraging everybody to read the Bible. I don't want you to get stuck reading the Bible. If you're reading through the Bible and you have a, you hit a question, send it through and I'll answer it here. And uh, at least I will attempt to. And so that's another option. And so I actually changed the, the page on Vine Press just a hair to include Bible reading and... Uh, sermon questions. Because so, uh, your newest series is all about reading the Word yes. and diving in. So, cool stuff. We encourage you to do so. And uh, after we answer the questions, we usually talk church stuff for a few minutes, and that'll be the show. So, without much further ado, let's jump in. Our first question here on our notes. You mentioned that the enemy wants us to keep to keep us from reading the Bible. I always disliked reading, and so I leaned a lot towards listening to the Bible in a year plans. I know I should discipline myself to literally read it more, but what's your take on listening? So, yeah, um, I think listening is certainly valuable. Uh, when I first got saved, I got to tell you, too, I had, uh, uh, I, I had cassette tapes that I'd found of dramatic readings of the Bible, and I listened to those, and I ate those up because I had a drive to work 30 minutes each way. And so I would listen to that on my way up and my way back. And I found that really helpful. Um, so, yeah, I encourage that. You know, a lot of people do the book cast things, you know. Well, the, well you have on the Bible app from version, you can listen to a lot of the translations. It's right there on the app, too. Yeah. So, and, and another good thing maybe to do, another if you like to listen, is read along with it. So, so there's levels of this. You know, when I was first taking it in, I was reading it, I was listening to it, I was taking it in at lots of levels. And so I think they're all good. But great question. Listening is great. Um, if you can, while you're reading, you know, while you're listening, start to read along with it. That might be helpful. And um, there you go. The, the, the one thing about listening is it's hard to kind of stop and think about what you're doing. When, when you're reading, you can kind of... And you of, can't just, say, read the same line over and over right. again, because a lot of times you'll get some sort of word just yeah. from reading one sentence right. over and over again. But I think both are good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, the, obviously, like, if you have an hour of commuting every day, that's just a great way to get involved is listening. So I think it, yeah. a lot of it's situational on where your life sure. is each given day. Yeah. But our, our goal is just to get people in the word more. Read it. <laughs> so, Start to read it. Yes. <laughs> Cool. Great question. Next one. How can I prevent myself from taking 40 years to get to my promised land like Israel did? <laughs> That's a, I love that question. Um, trust God and listen. And, you know, at, and at some level, when you know Jesus, you're in. You know, it's, your eternal life has begun. So, so it's there. It's just how, you know, a lot of it is how long we sort of resist kind of really just going with the spirit and and listening and developing that and so um it's all sort of a process uh you know and it depends on a, there's a lot of things that are happening in there and, and sort of situations that you come out of and their lasting impact and you know how how quickly you realize the enemy is really at work and and then um you know and then doing what needs to be done as a believer living in that tension that i talk about takes 
on our end, it's all done for us, but we have to be willing to press in. You, you have to be willing to pray. You have to be willing to read your scripture. You have to be really listening to Holy Spirit. And, and the, um, the more that you cooperate in the process, the more of that sort of life and peace you begin to experience. So, uh, you know, and, and, and at the same time, um, all of the time that we're here until Jesus comes and sets things right again, uh, or we're with him, um, we're, we're always in part of that learning and trusting process. So it's just that. But I, I think, you know, surrender would be my thing. The quicker we learn to really surrender to the Holy Spirit, the better off we are. Awesome. Next one. Do you think the prayer that Paul prayed in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 17 through 18, is a good one to pray for those that don't know God yet and for our children, this person really likes that passage. Yeah, yeah. and I, I, we read that passage, and if you're not familiar, go back and read Ephesians 1, 17, 18. That's the one you know, where Paul's praying that the eyes of their heart would be enlightened and that you'd have the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you might know him better. Yeah, you know, any, let me, this is a great thing, too. Any verses like that that speak to you are great ones to write down and then pray for the people in your lives who need to hear them because uh, so that... For those who don't yet know Jesus, that they would. For those who have, uh, you know, begun to know him but aren't really, haven't really pressed in, um, pray the, the word over them. I think that's a, a great sort of discipline to get yourself into. And connection more with the word. So, yes, that's a, that would be a great passage for that. Awesome. Next one. Can you recommend a book in the Bible where we can read more about our glorious inheritance besides the book of Ephesians? Yeah. So, uh, like Romans chapter 8 is, uh, talks about being heirs and, and uh, you know, the, the, the heirs of, of God and what that means and looks like in our life. First Peter 1 talks about our imperishable inheritance. But I was thinking about that, and there's this great passage. I kind of like this. This is in Joshua 13.33. Glasses. And uh, so Joshua 13.33. But to the tribe of Levi, Moses gave no inheritance. The Lord God of Israel is their inheritance just as he said to them. And so, um, so the, the Lord commanded all the tribes to give the Levites land to dwell in, um, uh, because so he was taking care of their physical well-being. But um, their inheritance was actually greater than all the other tribes, because their inheritance was God himself. And I think that's sort of a picture of our glorious inheritance, that um, as his people, as his kids, um, our inheritance is really him. And there's something about that when you take that in and what that means, you know, and, and sort of getting used to how much God loves us. That's a concept that lots of people really struggle with and um, that the God of the universe loves them. And yet he does. And, and so these are those promises. So I like to think of that as, you know, the, the best inheritance that we have is that we get to be with him forever. And uh, there's nothing quite like that. Awesome. Thank you for that question. Next one. Can you please define the life that the Word of God gives us? Yeah, I would go with John 10.10 on that one. Um, The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus says he has come that we might have life and have it to the full or abundant life. I think it's, it's, that's the life. You know, sometimes we, we talk about eternal life, and we sort of think of that as after uh, this life. And I, and I keep telling people, mm, eternal life, once you come to know Jesus, you've already entered into eternal life. And so when you sort of walk out that reality, see, a lot of this is just realizing what's really happened and then walking in it. And the reason that we don't is we often 
haven't taken that reality in. So a lot of people have this thing, oh, yeah, well, eternal life, that's that thing off there in the distance. You've already entered into your eternal life. And so now you, you begin to embrace that and walk in it. And that begins to change things. The, um, because what happens is you, you have, it changes your outlook. It changes the way that you look at life. And you realize that it's much bigger than you, um, that it's not revolving around you. And yet you're an integral part of the story at the same time. And that really begins to change things. Um, and so, you know, short of perfect when Jesus comes back, um, this is the most amazing life that there can be is just walking with Jesus and knowing what that looks like. And, and so you know, there's a lot and it's hard for us culturally sometimes to get a hold of that. And we're um, especially in, in this country, um, we're very uh, spoiled in a lot of ways. You know, we don't it's, it's not like a lot of the world is if you've traveled and been to some of the places where. Life is different. I remember when my uh, when Doug and uh, my Sarah were, were younger, I took them to Cuba uh, on a mission trip just so they could experience the difference in life and in a country that's only 90 miles from here. I know. And it's, uh, it, it's shocking. And we weren't living, you know, we were, I, we were still comfortable comparatively. It was less than all that we were used to, but it was still notches above what people there lived. Just so that you can get a, a glimpse of that and then... And yet, you know, I went to Cuba a lot over a 10-year period. You know, I, I, I was going three or four times a year. Um, but they had this amazing faith in the Lord. They prayed. Their prayer was amazing. And they were joyful um, in, in the midst of it because they knew Jesus. And so there's a lot going on with that. So life is... This full and abundant life is, is way more about our relationship with Jesus than it is about our circumstance. And yet it's, it's hard to sort of, you know, understand how that all works together. But, yeah, this, this life is found in him, nothing like it, and, and continue to press in. Awesome. Next one. One of your points this week brought to mind a quote that their mom used to keep posted in their home. Watch your thoughts, they become words. Watch your words, they become actions. Watch your actions, they become your character. Watch your character, it becomes your destiny. Do you think that that quote is biblically sound? Yeah, I think it's pretty good. Uh, you know, it made me, I'll tell you what it made me think of. And then you can, you can sign of take it from there for its soundness. I, it, it reminded me of some verses, and I, and I just jotted them down. Romans 5, 2 through 4 says, Through whom we have gained access by faith, into this grace in which we now stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. So, uh, you know, there's, there's some of sort of that thought that was on, on that uh, saying. They had James 1, 2 through 4. Consider it pure joy, uh, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work. So that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So there you have that idea of this leading to that. And, and this is one of my favorites in John, uh, James 1.19. Uh, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of that everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. That is amazing advice. And uh, that, that particular advice will really help you in your day-to-day lives if you can adhere to that. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. All there right, you go. good stuff. Awesome. Next one. In Ephesians, Paul prays for believers to know God better. Reading the Bible to recall instances of how God worked and what Jesus was like 2,000 years ago is a good Sunday suggestion. How do you get to know someone? 
do you agree reading biological and historical data helps you to know a person and that the best way to really know a person is to spend time with them? And does that same hold true with God? Yeah, so I, I think, yes. So um, if, you, you know, if you wanted to know about a historical person, then really the only option you have would be to study and research things that they'd written and things that people had written about them you know, because of their research. And, and you would get to know about them. But because we can't relate with them, we can't really know them in that way. The, the thing that we have with God is not only can we learn about him, um, we can relate to him. And so that changes everything because we engage in relationship, Father, Son, Holy Spirit relationship. And it's an amazing and fascinating relationship that we have. Um, and so, so because of that, then, then, then that helps us to know him better. So it's, uh, in, in the case of us as believers, it's, you know, and in both. Yes, scripture to help us know more um, uh, about him and then just pressing in, in in combination with that knowledge to know him better in the relationship that we have with him. Good question. Excellent question. Great answer, too, by the way. Oh, you're, you. you're on fire today. Yeah. Next one. Why would God give his people laws when he knew that they would mess up? Why not just let them know, not know how to live? Wouldn't he know that his word would just be another disappointment? This would be just another disappointment. Yeah. This would... So, yeah, you know, so why tell people to do something only knowing that they're not going to do it and then be disappointed with them? Here's the thing. Let me think a couple of ways to say that. I, I, I hope I'll get to both of them. You, um, if, if you have children, you're, you're going to train them um, to do things and to not do things because you want the best for them. And children are at times going to not do what you've instructed them to do. And, and that will be a disappointment. But it won't impact your love <laughs> for them. We never do that. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, uh, and so you, you would do that if your concern was, well, if I teach them what to do and they don't do it, I'm going to be disappointed then they're never going to learn how they're supposed to live. And, and so they need that. But remember this with God. What he was trying to, at the heart of everything he was trying to show everybody was how to love. See, God is love. That's, that is the overarching theme of everything that you'll read in the Bible and everything. God is love. You have to get a hold of that. Now, in that, what he's trying to do is he starts to... Um, you know, because we were in this relationship in the beginning and then we walked away from it. And now when you start to pick up the scripture and you're reading, you know, where he's communicating these ideas, people didn't know how to live. But primarily what they didn't know was really how to love. Because love had already taken on this kind of, I'll love you if you love me because there's something in it for me. And, and love tends to have that. Even most of the loves we understand, there's this performance thing that's sort of in it. And yet, God's love isn't like that. Uh, it's unconditional. It's hard for us to grasp because we're so used to everything being performance-based. And, and it's, it is part of the deal that we have to sort of come to grips with. So, so from, from all of this, I think God is just trying to teach us how to love him and how to love one another. That that's at the heart of it. And, and so he instructs us on how to live knowing that we're not going to measure up, but still he's going to love us anyway. He's, that's not the issue. But he still wants to teach us how to live and then to go as far as to come and live it for us in Jesus, you know, to make that so we can see what it looks like, what humanity was intended to be. And here's the thing about Jesus. When you read the Gospels, 
he often does the opposite of what you might expect him to do. And there's something to that. And, and you need to read it enough until what he does makes you go, oh, yeah, that's exactly what needed to happen. And, uh, and so when we see him doing things and we think, well, uh, that's the opposite, that's because that, that part of us hasn't sort of connected yet. And so he, he, he instructs us because he loves us. And, and you, that's what you would do. You, you would always try and teach and train people that you love how to have and experience the best possible life, even though sometimes they won't do what you've, everything you've hoped for. And yet we sort of get the idea of, of you know, because when our kids mess up, we don't stop loving them. We might be disappointed, but the love thing doesn't change. And uh, that's the whole part of the deal. You know, I, I used to tell my kids when they were getting older, and I would say, listen, no matter what you choose to do with your life, I'm going to love you. Even if you go in a completely opposite direction of the one I think you should, I will always love you. Now, I'm not going to get behind you and support you in it, <laughs> but I will love you. That will never change. And, uh, and I think they always knew that going in, that, that, oh, yeah. uh, that no matter what, they were going to be loved on the journey. I hope they knew that. Of course. I mean, it's why we're still here doing podcasts together every that's, week, right? That's right. So next one. I've been reading, this person's been reading, through the Bible, using your daily plan in the Daily Strength training book, and they're enjoying it, they'd like you to know, uh, but they would still not be able to understand or connect to a lot of what the prophets said and did with the New Testament unless they'd been able to ask you questions from the Vine Press podcast like this one. Uh, they've gone to church their whole lives but never went to one where the storyline of the Bible was explained as well as you are doing. Uh, some stories, yes, but not the whole Bible. Only the Christian apologists this person listens to on YouTube do this. So thanks for answering the questions. And uh, since they think this is helpful to go along with the reading, uh, do you suggest a particular Bible commentary to use with the reading? Yes, good. Thank you. And I left that encouragement in there just so I could hear it again. Uh, <laughs> I could have just skipped all the way down to the question. But yeah, because the, the question was at the very end. It was. But, but yeah, you know, sometimes you just need a pat on the back. Little, right? yeah, good. Um, so, yeah, so uh, what this person is referring to, in case you don't know, is so I wrote some books, um, and they're mostly devotional books uh, about the Psalms and um, the Proverbs. So the Psalm book is called um, Daily Salt Intake, and the book on the Proverbs is Daily Sage Intake. And then I wrote a book called Daily Strength Training, um, which isn't about strength training. It's really about connecting... Um, the Psalms and the Proverbs and Bible reading, along with the daily office, which is a historical type of Christian prayer. This is 500, 600 years old. And um, there was a season in my life when I was looking for something that was kind of steady, you know, like a, uh, so you could say, hey, I want a structure. I wanted one at the time that, that I could sort of grab a hold of. And so I, I found the daily office. Back then. I'd never heard of it. I'd been walking a little long time. And uh, I, I, I sort of responded to the daily office. I liked it. And then, you know, the versions, the, the older versions were hard to read, and the newer versions were getting off course the way they would. They were, they were losing the, you know, the stuff they should have held on to in the older ones. So I, I sort of took the time to retranslate the daily office myself. And then I put it on a website. And... Um, then, then these books sort of came out with readings that are patterns, that are historical reading pattern, patterns in the Bible that you can trace back to the monks and stuff about how they used to read in the early church. 
And so um, daily strength training actually has a way to read through the Bible. And the next few questions are about Bible reading, so I'll, I'll start to pick them up. Um, and I'm going to get to the commentary here in a minute. So uh, when, you're, when you go through the Bible reading uh, on daily strength training, here's a little thing. There is a com- – as I was doing this, so I took years developing this for websites. It was a labor of love for me for multiple years. I did it every morning. Uh, until I had all of the Bible in and um, all linked together and copied together. And I had to find a version of the Bible you could do that with because of <laughs> copyrights and everything. I, I mean, you were up till like one or two doing this. I remember that. I did some of that life. then. And then I sort of switched yeah. gears completely. And I would get up every morning at three or four. And I would just work on this. <laughs> it was a major lifestyle. So that was kind of like when I moved out of the house. For, yeah, for whatever reason, you woke up early there was since a shift. I left. Yeah. So, um, so this... Is all on websites, too. Daily Strength Training is a book you can download as a PDF. Now, I quit printing them. We printed a bunch of them, gave them away. But, uh, you know, I, I saw you can just download it. A lot of people are reading those things. Um, and there's Bible readings in there. Now, if you go on the website, at, uh, go on to the, the Online Bible Institute website, the one you're going to to ask questions, uh, under a, there's a tab called Devotionals. Under there is um, a link for, uh, it's called the Daily Bread Intake, which is what I call the Bible Reading Plan. And if you link on that, uh, it has the, the plan uh, sort of all listed there. You click on it. You can read it on your phone or your computer. And at the end of the reading, um, there's actually I tied a commentary into it. Now, I had to use a commentary that was also not going to give me copyright issues. So it's an older commentary. And, and the, the scripture that I used was actually a, an American standard from 1901 that they let the copyright run out on. I don't think they meant to do it. That's the ASV, right? Yeah, yeah. It's 1901. Different they, they, than the NASB. Yeah, yeah. No. And this is the ASV, not right. the B. The I B, said B, yeah, B, yeah. B. So uh, different, but a lot of the Bibles came out of this one. It's a great translation. But the original trans, the original one had very little punctuation and had some funny stuff in there. But we, the, it, it came free, and so I used that. And then there was a commentary that's very old by Matthew Henry in there, which. Is, which is a good commentary. I don't always agree with Matthew Henry, but once you know how he's leaning and the way that he interprets Scripture, you can, you can just you know, follow in or not. But if you're doing the daily reading and you need to, if you have a quick question, other than asking me, um, it's funny because it's tied into another sort of city. If you hit next chapter at the bottom, it will actually take you to the next chapter, but it will take you into a part where there's the Bible reading and the commentary. And then just go back one chapter, and the commentary will be there. And usually he'll answer your questions pretty quickly. Um, other than that, there's so many inter- Internet resources now for commentaries. Bible Gateway has a bunch of them. They're all free. Um, you can type in the question. I, you can Google the questions on the Bible a lot of times. So just kind of be careful with your answers. Don't you go never know first, what you're going to get with Google. Don't go with yeah. the first Wikipedia answer. Yeah. But, uh, but you can sort of find a commentary that you like that, that uh, will help you on the journey. But great question. Awesome. Awesome input. few more questions to go here. And like you said, they're all tied together, which is good. It's, you know, we yeah. want to get people reading the Bible. Do you have a Bible reading plan? The Bible and one-year studies are okay, but they always feel fragmented to them and definitely don't feel like a story. Yeah, so I do have that, uh, that plan on the website that I use. And actually, it's broken into a morning and an evening reading. And um, if you read the morning and the evening reading, you will get through the Bible in a year. And the, uh, the morning readings are all chronological, and the evening readings, wherever they pick up, are chronological. Um, so it flows a little better. Um, but here's my suggestion for if you haven't read the Bible. I would still, 
I get that a plan works. But, so here's my plan, but it's not quite as structured. But I think first time through is it's the best way I would do it. I would start in Matthew, chapter 1, verse 1. Open the book. Read there. Read 15 minutes, six days a week. And read New Testament until you're finished. 15 minutes, at least. You know, some days when you, I was telling somebody, when you, you might engage in a spot and all of a sudden you look up and you've just read 30 minutes. Good for you. But, but read at least 15 Read through until you're done, and then go back into the Old Testament, start Genesis 1-1, and read till you're finished the Old Testament. First time through. Just read it all. Uh, you, and, and you may not get parts of it. That's okay. You you're, you're just want to get what you can um, the first time through and read it. And then you can sort of begin to develop on that. Like another great way, uh, interesting way to read the Bible is they have um, chronological versions of the Bible which are fascinating. And there's chronological Bible readings that take a year, 15 minutes a day. And what it does is it takes a text and it starts putting the prophets in where they belong in the story, and uh, among other things. And so it's kind of a fascinating read in developing a story. But my, my suggestion would be, first time through, just do it. It's simple, this is as simple as I know how to do it. Get, a, get your Bible and a bookmark or whatever, but you need a bookmark. And, and uh, or if you're going to read it online... Bookmark it online. Read 15 minutes. Bookmark it and then start there the next time that you read. And do that and try and get as consistently as you can to six days a week, 15 minutes a day. And you'll, you'll work right through it. And it will begin to change things. And in the Old Testament, don't let, don't let something you don't understand stop you from continuing to read. Ask a question here. Write down a question. Ask it when you can. Look it up online. But, but finish your reading and then go on after the questions. Okay? Add that to your reading time, not... Five minutes into your reading, you have a question, and you stop reading. Right. Uh, and then you don't read anymore. Finish your reading, and then go from there. That's the way I would tackle it the first time through. Awesome. Good. Good input there. few more questions. Do you think Deuteronomy 6.8 is helpful for interpreting? That's a hard word to read. It like, is. You know, 10 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Well, although this is Wednesday night uh, when we're playing it live. <laughs> this is totally live, we promise. Do you think Deuteronomy 6.8 is helpful for interpreting Revelation chapter 13, verses 16 through 17 as symbolic instead of literal? Yes. No. Okay. That's, <laughs> that's so, what you do with every Revelation question. Yes. No. <laughs> Deuteronomy 6.8 is about um, tying Scripture to your hand and, and the thing about putting the little thing on your forehead, right? And uh, Revelation 13 and 16 and 17 is about the mark of the beast, you know, on the forehead and the, getting a thing. That got uh, a lot of traction in, like, the Left Behind books, I remember. Not that that's, you know. So here's, here's the thing. Trying not upset a whole lot of people. Yeah, right. <laughs> Most of the way that we understand Revelation now in the last hundred years in the church is probably not great theology. So... Temper most of what you've heard with, hmm, because um, we're not sure. Just not sure. And, and, and then here, the problem with trying to understand prophecy is that someone will develop an idea, which is great. And then the next person will come along and they'll take that idea and they'll act like that idea is absolutely 100% right and they'll build on it. Well, they, they, you can't do that. Technically, right? Because this wasn't this wasn't 100 percent right, and that happens. It still happens today. I read a lot of uh, you know prophetic things um, that people are doing that are built on a prophetic word, and there's they've gone now. It's you know 20, 30 years later, and they're acting like that's absolutely 
nobody questions that. That's not how you do things prophetically till they're fulfilled. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm guessing that in the same way that I said that the heart of Deuteronomy 6, 8 for me was when you're working with your hands or when you're thinking, you should be thinking about Scripture, that somehow that's in the, it's a direct opposite is what the enemy's going to do is they're going to have them not thinking about what they should be doing with their hands. And that's kind of the that's a, an idea of the mark. So, um, yeah, um, we're not sure. I know a lot of people get freaked out about the whole getting chipped and money things and everything. Listen, all of that stuff also comes with an allegiance to the evil one. And, and if you've made an allegiance to Jesus, I don't think you're going to have to worry about it. You're not, you're, you would never, you're not going to, you know, knowingly and willingly make an allegiance to the enemy. So, but yes, good question. Awesome. A couple more. Beg pardon. You mentioned how important it is that we read through the whole Bible and enjoy it as a story. This person must confess that they have on many occasions attempted to complete the Bible in one year plans, but they've never succeeded uh, perhaps because they failed to see it as a story. You suggested reading the New Testament first, but do you have a plan? So, again, and I guess the question was asked. Great question. Yeah, and I, I touched on it in one of the messages. I don't think I did it in all of them on the weekend. You know, because those, those messages will vary a little depending on what's happening. I do them four times. And they all have a life of their own. Well, you know, and I, you know every room is I, different. I try not to get nailed, glued into my notes. You know, I have an idea sure. what's happening, and I have notes in case I, you know, falter or something but um the reason most yearly bible plans don't work my understanding of why they don't work is that they're structured in such a way that so you read every day and if you miss a reading and let's get the reality is we're going to life changes on us things happen and and uh we have attacks and all those other things but and life does itself and and if you miss a reading the next, there's no way back because then you've got to double up and that usually stresses people out and then miss two or three and what you do is you quit altogether. You just give up. Uh, you know, so I often tell people, look, if you're going to stick with that, then one sort of all, you know, option to that, and I, I, I would do this with my own daily reading stuff, is I'm going to do it every year. So if I miss a day or two, it's okay. I'm going to catch back up to it. I right. don't have to do it right then. It doesn't need to be punishment. Or once it begins to feel like a chore, you're missing the point. So, again, I think the simplest way to do it first time through is to, is to just sit down and read it 15 minutes a day. And then you'll start catching the story. And you know the bigger story. So, so pick it up. Like, you know, you get into Genesis and all of a sudden, you know, the bigger story. And I've talked a lot about creation there and the, the fall, the first few chapters. And then what kind of happens? And you start to relate. Well, the next thing that happens, you know, there's, you know, you get Cain and Abel and then you get the flood. And then you get what happens after the flood. And then you get Tower of Babel. That's chapter 11. You start to know that. 12, we start picking up the journey of the patriarchs. And you get Abraham and you get Isaac and you get Jacob. And that takes most of the rest of Genesis. You also get Joseph in there, who's not one of the patriarchs, but he's very important because he goes to Egypt. And, you know, God uses him and his brothers, who sort of are the patriarchs, you know, the 12 tribes. They kind of, you know, are not good to Joseph. And, and, uh, and, and so um, then you see that whole response and what God is doing would lead you into Exodus and Exodus leads you into tabernacle and tabernacles there. And then you start to get into the kings and kings are hard to read sometimes. And, and yet you kind of know that, that Jesus is our king. All these things begin to lead to each other. Where does it get tough? I, you know, people tell me all the time I, they've read Genesis one through 15 lots of times. <laughs> and that's about as far as they get. Uh, and, and, and yet 
press through. And then people will get stuck, you know, Exodus sometimes. Or they get Leviticus is real, really most people start to peel off. If they make it through Leviticus, numbers shreds them. Um, <laughs> and, and don't let it. Just those are the things you just have to go, okay, I'm going to read through this. And it will connect later on. And then once you push through those, and you get into Deuteronomy, it gets more interesting. Then, you know, you get into Joshua, Judges. That story starts to flow pretty good. Uh, and, and then, you know, it bogs down a little in Chronicles, Kings. But press through, uh, you know, it's really great And when you see it tied together. So that's my encouragement for that. Awesome. All right. Uh, last question that I have on our notes. What happens to people, good or evil, that never heard the word and had the opportunity to choose to walk with Jesus? That was a coffee question right there. <laughs> well, th- that's a big question. Um, so, and, and then let me think of it. Uh, let me just approach it a different way. I think it's a question a lot of people ask, think about, wonder about. Is, uh, well, you know, what does God do with people who never hear the gospel? What if they never heard the gospel? And what do you do with that? And what does God do with that? What does a loving God do with that? Um, you know, here, here are the people that, that so it's that they never heard the word. So if they don't have this opportunity, so what do you do? And I, so you would think of a guy, like, if, what if somebody's on a deserted island and been there forever? What, do you, what, is, what happens with that guy? So in Christianity, no, sorry, in was, Christianity yeah. there's two, uh, Wilson, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> There's two sort of Shouldn't themes. Have went there, I apologize. It's okay. Yeah. There's exclusivism and inclusivism. Uh, I think I'm saying those it, right. Isn't it exclusivism and inclusivism? I'm adding an extra syllable. In, I think you're adding an extra syllable. syllable. In, Inclusivism and in, exclusivism. In, I think is the way it goes. But however you want to say it is fine. Yeah. Inclusivist. Inclusivism? I don't know. You'll get it. Includers so, and excluders. Whatever. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. So... Um, <laughs> So what happens? How does God deal with these uh, uh, these situations? So um, how does how does someone who never hears how does God deal with that, and what does it look like? All right. So um, in, in inclusivist or inclusivism or whatever it is, um, they they would make their appeal to the Old Testament saints that were saved without any sort of uh, knowledge of Jesus, uh, and. Uh, so they had a trust in something that was going to happen that they didn't know. And that's ultimately what would lead to their salvation. And, um, and so there's, there's kind of that theme that goes with it, with it, that the way that they're saved is still because of what Jesus had done, but because they didn't know who Jesus was, but they, they, they thought that there would be something that God had given to them, um, then, then that would be enough. So... Uh, the idea is they're responding to whatever light they've received. Now, because Jesus is the light that's come to the world, the idea is that uh, that there has been enough light for people to grasp the idea that there's a God who loves them, and they need to respond at some level to what that's happened. Um, and so, uh, the scripture isn't a hundred percent clear on. Um, what happens to people who haven't heard it. However, that would be, so the inclusive part, the exclusion people, exclude, they would say that um, Scripture is extremely clear on this and that there's only one way in this whole journey, all right? And I, I think I, I took something from Romans 1, um, 8, 
18 Chapter through, 1, 18 through 23. Let me, let me look at it here. And what they would say is this. It's slow when everybody's watching. <laughs> the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness since... What may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that men are without excuse. For although they knew God, they neither glorified them in God nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. And although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of their mortal God for images made to look like mortal men and birds and animals. And reptiles. So what they would sort of say is that um, that uh, God's revelation in nature should be enough uh, and is enough, uh, the exclusivist, to um, for people to get it. And so they're basically saying that um, humans wouldn't be guilty on the basis of not having heard the gospel, but they're guilty because they haven't honored their Creator in what has been revealed to them. Uh, and and so. Their, their whole thing is that God, obviously, he wouldn't condemn an innocent person uh, stranded on an island, but they would say because there's no such thing as somebody that's really innocent. Just because they haven't heard the gospel doesn't mean they shouldn't have made some connection to there's a God who's created them and that they need to somehow connect in that process. Now, those are uh, the two sort of points. And I think everybody needs to wrestle with those things as believers. How do you answer that question? Um, and the, the reason, it's like everything else, you know, there's extremes. And, and um, we have to be careful of extremes. Because if you, if you went uh, completely to the inclusive side, what's, then there's no need for missions. There's no need to get out there and tell the gospel. And we're commanded to. We, why, why, why did Jesus give us the commandment to go and disciple the nations if there's really no need to? He's just going to tell everybody, well, you're okay. So you can't. That's obviously an issue. Um, the other side would be that, uh, you know, how do you balance out people who, who you know, grow up completely deceived? What do you do with those people? And what's the heart of God for that? If they're, if they're truly seeking after God, how does God deal with them? So, you know, what I always get back to is this. Uh, I, I don't know all of that stuff about what God's going to do. And that's not what he's called me to. What he's called me to is having become aware of the truth, I'm responsible to that truth, uh, and which is the truth. I'm not saying that there are different truths for different people. There's truth, and that's all there is. There's truth. And uh, if it's... If it's true for me, it's true for you. That's the way it works. If it's true, it's true. It doesn't matter whether you agree with it or not. It's truth. Um, and, and so what we're responsible to is uh, sharing the truth as we know it. Then people have, have to respond to it. Uh, and they can choose to respond or not to respond. And that's between them and God at that point. But we certainly have to do that. And, and so... You know, in, in our country, I would say that, that most people have been, uh, at some level, they've heard something of the gospel. Although, uh, I would say that I was 18 uh, before I ever heard a gospel presentation. So it's not like it's automatic. Um, 
and and at that point then you know i I'm, i didn't respond to it immediately but i did you know seven years later but i had heard it um then people are responsible to to respond to it so that's one of those really tricky questions which is why i think you know we need to be romans 8 there's pretty clear there's enough light in the situation for people to respond so so don't use the that well what about the guy in the desert island to exclude every, you know to say okay well because if you grab that too tightly, you will no longer think that the call on our lives is to share the good news, which it absolutely is. So um, God is merciful and just. I know that. How he works that out, I'm not sure. I know that my part as a believer is to tell other people about Jesus that that's the only way to come to know, uh, to be in relationship with God forever. He's the only way. And so it's up to us to make sure that people know that and continue to do that. And, and don't let that, that other argument, that other point is a lot of times how people dismiss the whole thing. Well, you know, it's not fair. Uh, you know, we've said this a couple of shows ago. <laughs> the idea that, that, um, that there's only one way that offends people, and I always get back to, you're, we're really fortunate there's there a way. There is a way, yeah. that, that we think there should be lots and lots of ways is our <laughs> arrogance, because God has wanted to fellowship with us, and we've told him no, so many times that it's ridiculous and that there's still a way is is like the the amazing love and grace of god and then to go well there should be lots of ways is just an arrogant statement uh so so all of that balance is in there good question my heart would be just keep pressing in never give up on people always keep praying for them sometimes the hardest people are the ones that come the quickest uh i've experienced that in my own family the people that mocked me we're often the ones who were asking me how to know Jesus not that much longer later. So, um, so keep pressing in and just watch what God will do. Awesome. Hey, thank you guys so much for all of your questions. Again, if you want to submit uh, questions this next week, you can log on to hellovineyard.com or keysvineyard.com, upload your answers, and we'll get them in the podcast for next week. Also a good idea to do it for the sermon, too. There's less of a window for that, admittedly. But um, if you do it, you know, like listen to the message on Sunday, send your question right after that. The best way to do it, in my humble opinion. We have all day Monday. And you have all day Monday, too. Yeah, if you want to listen to it. But it's like, you know, if you can get it, yeah, like Sunday morning, boom, you're there. Then it's it's good. Yeah. So anyway, church stuff this next week is uh, Keep in Step Part 2. Got a nice little appetizer for us. Yeah, we're going to be in Kings. I was talking about that second. But we're going to talk about Josiah. King Josiah, who's a young king, he's a good king, he starts to decide to clean up the temple uh, when he's 18 uh, and puts money towards it. And they're going to clean up the outside of the temple, basically, and they find Deuteronomy. And they had, they had no idea what Deuteronomy was. This is about a thousand years after we just the story we read last week. And how it changes them is really cool. And so we're going to dig into that. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about the Bible as um, divinely inspired literature. And uh, if I have a chance, we'll, I wanted to do this last week, but there wasn't time. Talk about, um, you know, the, the main genres of literature, ancient literature, were uh, tragedy and comedy. And uh, uh, gravitas and levitas. And, and uh, the Bible is actually comedy, not tragedy. Um, but it's not like we think of comedy and we think it's of like, you know, sitcoms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not what it is. Uh, comedy basically starts low and ends high. There's usually a, there's a battle in both in the middle. The battle's won in a comedy, and often uh, they end with a wedding. And that fits the Bible perfectly. Tragedies start high and low, battle in the middle that's lost. And, 
And so, uh, so that's kind of how you look at those quickly. But we'll talk about that because I think that helps in understanding the story. Awesome. Looking forward to hearing it. And uh, worship this weekend, in case you're wondering, is going to be great. I say that every week. I believe it every week. Whether or not it is, is... Uh, no, it definitely is. It, you know, <laughs> it usually is pretty it's good. Beyond the, <laughs> it's beyond the everything it's, and all the effort that you guys are putting into, which I appreciate. Right, but there's but an anointing on it, and the presence of God is very real. So, so that's... Yeah. Very thankful for that. Yeah. Um, the set for this weekend, uh, I was trying to do a new one a few weeks ago. ended up not working with the, the weekend as well as it will this weekend. But we're going to start the set with a new song, Come Out of That Grave. It's on the Revivals in the Air album by Bethel. And then um, after that, my wife is going to lead No Longer Strangers. That is a vineyard worship song from a, a few years ago. And then uh, after that, Miss Alicia will be joining us as well. She's going to do It Is Well, the, the Bethel arrangement. And we're ending the set with one of our favorite songs, Revivals in the Air. So cool. it's going to be a good weekend for worship. And uh, we will be streaming all four weekend services, Saturday night, Sunday morning, 8, 9.30, and 11. This Friday, we have the drive through candy giveaway. That is from 5 to 7. Uh, bring the kiddos. You know, wear a festive outfit or, you know, a mask. You know, Halloween's like the perfect mask-wearing event, isn't it? Or fall fest, I should say. Yeah. Because, yeah, but, you know, this half. I, I saw a picture online. Someone was talking to Batman, and they were like, you're wearing your mask wrong. It's, it's kind of dumb. It's, you know. Anyway, you got your official Keys Vineyard mask. Chin diaper. <laughs> Chin diaper. Oh, boy. We're not going to go into that reference. So, anyway, thank you guys so much for tuning in to this podcast each and every week. Uh, this podcast is made possible by the Keys Vineyard Community Church. Like I said earlier, we're streaming this weekend. Join us. Download the official Keys Vineyard app on the App Store and the Google Play Store. Uh, it's also made possible by the Jesus Moment Bible Institute. You can log on to onlinebibleinstitute.org, sign up for classes. You can get your associates or bachelors at no cost to you and be a part of our great program. 1,200 students today. I, I registered the 1,200 student this morning. So that's awesome. Be a part of this movement. That's really cool. And it's all over the world, too, which is yeah. awesome. So anyway, thank you guys so much for joining us. We're looking forward to seeing you this weekend. And goodbye, Vineyard. Goodbye, Vineyard. Thanks for watching today's service from Keys Vineyard Community Church. Make sure to like us on Facebook and subscribe to us on YouTube. For more information, log on to keysvineyard.com. We'll see you next time.